0: Today, I sit down with our head franchise business coach, Jared Breen, and we talk about the hows and the where's around finding and building out real estate for your fitness business. Welcome to the Alloy Personal Training Business Podcast, where we'll share our insights on how to make more money, how to help more people, and how to be a better leader for your business and your community. We've been in this game since 1992, and we'll share our successes and failures along the way. I hope you enjoy and subscribe. Good morning, Jared. What's going on? Good morning. Not I'm so happy to introduce you to the
1: world today. I know. First time on the podcast, kind that's of right. a big deal.
0: That's right. I think we sound alike a little bit. It's kind of strange. I feel like I'm listening to myself talk to myself. Maybe Could be that eight thing for it's our Enneagrams. Oh, that's right. We are the same Enneagram. Could be that. Yeah. Well, listen, for those of you guys that don't know, this is Jared Breen. He's on our team. He's our head franchise business coach. So he is the one that coaches our franchisees around any and all functions of their business. And then he's also been helping quite a bit with the build-out, right, of different facilities. So everything from the finding the right real estate to then, you know, the, the entire construction process, um, you know, of, of building out the facility, the lease, everything from the finding it to the LOI, to the lease, to the build-out itself. So I wanted to have him on today because I've had a lot of conversations. Of course, everyone says, this, you know, a lot of people have been asking me lately, but really a lot of people have been asking me because a lot of people are building out facilities right now you know, which is, it's really great to see, you know, that the industry overall is taking a beating unfairly, I think fitness in general, would you agree? Absolutely. But it, there's a great opportunity right now. So, you know, there is real estate available. There's some great markets and certainly we've got some compelling models for alloy that we've been talking about. And a lot of guys, even if they're under their own brand are like, yeah, it sounds great. I'm going to open one on my own. Um, and some people are looking to change to an alloy, whatever that is. So today we're going to talk about the where, I guess, right? Like where to put the right facility. Yeah. You know, what kind of metrics are we looking at as a personal training studio? And then the how, right? So like, how do you build it out? And what kind of things are you paying attention to, right? As far as, um, you know, price per square foot and what does the landlord need to do? And we won't spend a ton of time getting in the weeds, but at least a high level of where those things come from. What do you think?
1: I think that's great. There's right. a lot of points to cover. So can't get too deep.
0: Yeah. We could be on here for like three hours. Yeah, we absolutely. <laughs> could. And by the way, um, jared is uh deer hunting daily in his backyard with (laughs) with a pellet gun he's got woodpeckers attacking his house on a daily basis these are just little things he likes walks in the park he likes puppies and uh yeah he likes to cook on his uh wood fire grill that's right Breen and brine brining brining a turkey yeah brines from Breen. yeah Yeah. on thanksgiving oh you call it. it sounds like uh well you probably don't remember this the npr thing they used to do on uh Saturday Night Live, with the head sweaty balls. Remember that? <laughs> Brian, Brian's from Green. It's a, it's a really good bride. I rub it on my breasts. Mm. So, yeah. Mm, yeah, that was it. Mm. <laughs> Those sound delicious. <laughs> anyway, oh, my God. All right, let's get rolling. If this is no different than how Matt and I talk, you can pretty much imagine what a day in our office is like. It's pretty much uh, business and then small breaks of insanity in between to keep us from losing our minds. Yeah. So where are we going to put these studios? Like when we look at demographics, what are some things that you think are really important?
1: Yeah. So the demographics I think is definitely the first point that we have to attack. And that really is going to come down to your clientele. So for us, we know that a little bit more mature audience clientele is who we're going to kind of target. And that's not because we don't want the younger age group in the, in the gym. It's more that time usually equals more wealth. And, um, That gives them a little bit easier access into the gym. So, we've kind of targeted our metrics around that forty to sixty-nine age range, and uh, a household income of over a hundred thousand. That's our first first step. What we're looking at, Um, what we know, in the twenty-five hundred square foot range, we're looking to have those numbers be about a population size of around thirty thousand.
0: Right, which is pretty liberal, honestly. Like I don't think you. I mean, you don't need thirty thousand to get two hundred fifty people right into the gym. So that that even is probably given more, you know, I would say radius right protection for an alloy franchise than most. But there is some merit to that. So we have a real estate partner's name's Dan Worts. You know, and when he talks about this, it's you know he has this sort of philosophy where it's like yeah you know red light yellow light green light, and so like beyond a certain level of population, it's a red light, right? It's like it's just you're just not giving your Yourself the best chance for success. Then there's yellow light, where we're like, well, there's enough of population density, it might work, right? And there's green light, where like, okay, this looks great. And it's all based on um, what we call like an archetype, and that's sort of these caricatures that we build around different, you know, traits. And it could be age, average income, profession, right? And they come up with these characters, and like one of ours is like a mover and a shaker, right? So think of like a baller entrepreneur that plays you know golf on the weekends. that drives an expensive car. Who's got control of his own, his or her right. own schedule, and you know want something more specific. So they're going to look for a personal training brand, as an example. So we can, when we look at that person, it's not only the layers of the basic high level stuff that you've mentioned already, right? Like average income in, in age bracket. It's also like where do those people shop, right? Or what else is in the area where those people you know, are going to frequent. So you're going to want to put your facility in areas that these people frequent. So is there, you know, I'm just throwing out spitball in here, like high level boutique stores or, you know, expensive car dealerships in those areas. I mean, that type of thing. So those are other things to look at. And there's like seven layers to this real estate play, right? But at the highest level, as you mentioned, start with at least the age bracket of the clientele you're looking for and the average household income. So other than that and like shopping and stuff, is there any other thing that that people should be looking at?
1: Well, it's a, if we use Charlotte and we use the locations that we'll be building out in Charlotte over the next few years, one of the things that we saw that we really liked in the Charlotte market is that there's country clubs basically everywhere. And just based on that, you can pretty much guarantee there's going to be those high end shopping centers. There's probably going to be a a fair amount of traffic going through there, and there is. I mean, just the more that we studied that, the more that we see there's a ton of traffic that drives through there. It's easy in and out of town. And another really important part, we know that historically people are far less likely to come to a gym if it's outside of that 12-minute drive time, right? Right, yep. So Charlotte's great because you can really get in and out of town in less than twenty minutes. So when you start to really pinpoint where you want to be, a twelve-minute drive time covers a pretty fair amount there. Right. So drive time's another big one too, outside of the nice shopping centers and what obviously surrounds that as well.
0: And and here in Atlanta, we joke when we were looking at you know our Mothership Club as an example, twelve-minute drive is like a mile and a half. But it's very dense population-wise, and that's why there's so much traffic, mm-hmm. right? And people aren't going to drive that far, so we're like, oh, we've got people that come from all over town, and we think of these outliers that drive from downtown or from Marietta or these, what part, you know, these places. Again, for you guys that are kind of across town, and we say, oh, it's because we're so special at what we do, but that's probably like a one percent of our clientele. Most people, even in our thirty years in business, don't drive more than like a mile and a half to two miles to get here. Right. Thankfully, we have the population density to support that. But at the end of the day, if it's not convenient, you guys mean fitness is hard to do. So yeah. Like, putting any other barriers in the way is just going to make it that much harder right
1: well and we know that you and i and our team are kind of the minority as is when it comes to wanting to actually work out right exactly right so you've got to give somebody some incentive and ease of use to get in there
0: Well, in ease of use that goes to also ingress and egress, right? Like how easy is it to get in and out of your shopping center, right? So when we were looking at the Charlotte market, as an example, there was some really high end shopping space that was in this new concept that we see a lot around Atlanta and in different areas where it's the sort of outdoor shopping mall. But when you do that, I mean, a lot of you guys listening have been to those where you go and, you know, in the cities that we're talking about, it's not like Manhattan where everyone's used to parking in a parking deck, Right. They're not. And so if you're going to force somebody to fight a lot of traffic, to park in a parking deck, to then walk outdoors, maybe five, six blocks to get to a facility, while there's other high-end retail stores in there, the people visiting those stores are probably only going there in the holidays or once a month or something like that. We need people that are coming two to three days a week. So are you going to fight that traffic in the parking deck and the walking four or five blocks in the cold or the rain? Probably not, right? So we're looking more for like an out parcel, right? Something that has very easy in and out access that's in that same area, but it's not necessarily part of that high-end outdoor mall, right? right. So we're going to look at that too. Traffic patterns are a big deal as well. And so those of you guys that are listening that are these independent owners, or if you're looking for space, if you decide to go into like low-level retail space, like a B-level space or like, you know, the old trends of like putting a CrossFit in a dirty warehouse in an industrial area, Right. You can do that, but just keep in mind, you're going to be nowadays, you're going to be up against brands that are much more sophisticated that are in much nicer areas. Right. And you're going to have to spend a ton more on marketing to get people to your gym because you have zero exposure. So it sounds great. Everyone's like, yeah, look at my rent, man. It's a, you know, eight bucks a square foot. I'm like, yeah, but nobody sees you. You know, the other space you looked at that might've been $30 a foot is right next to a Starbucks. Yep. Right. So which would you rather do? Cause otherwise it's just, you're either going to spend it in marketing or you're going to spend it in rent, but either way you're going to have to spend it to get eyeballs on your business, right. right? Yep, exactly. So, and it's changed. There's just too many high level players in fitness to put your facility in a dirty warehouse. I think right now. Yeah, absolutely. Agree? I totally agree. Yeah. And, and of course, that's the great thing about a franchise is we've got a, a team that finds real estate for you. That gives you choices of like, here's five or six viable choices in the area that you're looking in. Um, and, and they have all this criteria, these seven levels of criteria already taken care of. Right. So not trying to make it sound too complicated, but I think the two most important things for any business is where you put it and who is in charge of it. Right. That's why we are very careful about picking franchise partners and why our real estate play is very, very important. And why we put so much energy into it, because if you put it in the right spot and put the right person in there, it's like, okay, it's pretty much recipe for success. Right. Yeah. If you don't, even if they're great, if it's a great person in the wrong spot, probably not going to work. Great right. spot, wrong person also might not work. Right. So you really have to nail that process. Yeah, it's totally, it's so important. So we find a good spot. We, we sign a letter of intent. So between the letter of intent and actually signing the lease, is there anything that we should be doing or looking at? Well, you definitely got to be thinking about what your build out costs are going to look like. You, I mean,
1: you want to know, kind of where your budget is, of course, you know, as a franchisor, we kind of have an idea of what their budget is already. We've pretty much got everything built out for them. Right. But that's going to be really important when you're talking about letter of intent. You know, is that space, is it going to be an easy demo? Is it going to take a lot? Is there already a ton of plumbing that goes into that? And then what's that going to look like? How are you going to reshape this shell into looking what it should look like as a personal training studio? You may have a great location. You may have a great in and out ease of use. You may have all the things that check the boxes. You may have a great operator already in place, but yet you might be looking at that hundred and twenty dollar per square foot range, and now your whole model shot, or at least your return on investment is going to drastically change.
0: Yeah, it's going to take a lot longer. Yeah, to get there. And as we know, speed to return on investment is an important, you know, something. If you're an investor, you get it. If you're not, if you're just a fitness person who's opening a gym, it's something that you should be looking at, you know, when you build your performance, like, when am I going to get a return on this investment? And if you're going to have to spend obscene amounts of money for build out, it's not going to work. So, you know, we've worked with other brands in a consulting format before, and a lot of them have spent a lot of money on build out and they just never got return on investment, right? Because it was just too expensive for the build out. And that's the key, like what you said. So, you know, Talk to me a little bit about what you think a sweet spot is where you can be the fit out can be nice enough, right, to fit this high end clientele, but you're also going to stay within a budget that makes sense for return on investment, right? So we've kind of bounced around a little bit and
1: done a lot of digging, talked to a lot of people. You know, we've got, uh, we've basically got a construction management company that we work with directly um, who helps us list out everything from, Start to finish, and what we found is that about a seventy dollar per square foot range is where we are looking at for leasehold improvements. That's kind of the sweet spot. Now, there's a lot of things that go into that, of course. Size of the location that you're looking at can play a factor. You know, at a lower at a lower end of a fifteen hundred square foot range, you might be paying a little bit more on that and getting free rent. Or you may be getting pretty significant tenant improvement cost, and that price may drop down to even twenty-five dollars a square foot. But you're paying your rent immediately, so maybe you get zero
0: dollars and right. Free so let me rent. stop you there, just so we can like peel that back a little bit. So, so basically, what Jared's saying, you guys, is the total buildout cost if you can keep that at seventy bucks a square foot, right? So that would be sort of an estimate of what it's going to cost you to build it out then you take that number and that's a good number like a lot of fitness brands try to stay at $100 a square foot or less and i still think that's high especially coming out of the times that we're in you know if you make a lower risk investment if you could build it out nice enough for a high-end clientele 70 bucks a foot you know it's awesome right that's where you want to go with it and so if we have 70 bucks a square foot as a gross cost then we look at okay how much is the landlord contribution going to be and what you were basically saying is that if you have a smaller space, it's not as compelling to a landlord, right? right. If you have if you're renting 1500 like our stronger one model versus 3000, which is our stronger two model, they might say, "All right, look, we're not going to give you a lot of build out allowance, so you might be coming out of pocket with all $70 per square foot to build it out." But there's always the great thing about leasing is there's always these negotiation points. So you might have to pay all of the build out yourself, but the trade off might be that you get 6 months, you know, free rent. I mean, it's sort of that six, one half dozen of the other, Absolutely. right? Or, you know, like in our case, we built out a very similar model a few years ago and we got a lot, you know, we ended up getting, you know, I think we ended up paying like $20 a foot. So we, we had a contribution on a 1500 square foot space of $50 a square foot from the landlord. That was a favorable deal for us. Right. And it was great, like a grade, you know, property right on the road front. It was just really good. So, that worked out really well. And again, that was a good deal for us, right? Right. But um, that's basically what you're saying, right? And the one more point I want to make, so I know I'll forget this later, is that somewhere between signing the letter of intent and then actually signing a full-on lease, the great thing about having a construction team, and this is if you don't have that, you at least got to do this on your own. You got to get into the space and look at things before you sign the lease, like the HVAC unit, right? there's a lot of spaces that have been there 10, 12, 15 years. If they have a faulty unit or it's kind of on its last leg, normally in most leases, you're responsible for that during the term of the lease. And those can be 10, $15,000 to replace. So the last thing you want to do is, is sign a lease where you're responsible for the HVAC and have never checked the health of that unit. So somewhere between the LOI and the actual lease, you need to have somebody come in and check those type of things because then you could write that in the lease. Like, okay, we'll sign the lease, but I'm not on the hook for this HVAC unit, which apparently according to my guys is on its last leg. Right? Yeah. And there's so much that goes into even just those little things like that. I already
1: mentioned the demo cost and what that could look like just to get you into a good vanilla shell, you know, HVAC systems run off of square footage as well. So depending on how many people you've got coming in and out of your gym at any given hour, you may need to actually double your square footage. That's range. tonnage. Is that what they call it? Yeah, they so do it's it, more tonnage. Yeah. yeah, so they do it off of tonnage, and that basically provides you know x amount of air conditioning per square foot. Right. So there's so many things that go into it. You know, of course, we said we're not going to get into the weeds. Here we are digging. Oh well, no! First <laughs> but, of all, there's 85 steps. Let's, <laughs> but, finish those. Yeah, in true fashion, just like we would. But yeah, there's so much that goes into it, and it's um, something that if you don't know, you know, how do you know to look? right? So having a team in place, having a good realtor, having a good uh, contractor or construction management team, those are all things that you're going to probably want to have in your back pocket before you even start thinking about a uh, letter of intent.
0: Yeah. And that's a good point. Cause I know, um, certainly in our industry, a lot of guys do it on the cheap, right? And they've got like a weird uncle that kind of does some work on the side and he's going to do it and he's going to bring in his crew and they don't pull permitting and you know, it's just all this weird stuff. So it's one of those things where you really want to do it right because it could really affect your business good or bad in the long run. You got to pick the right spot. You got to do the right thing, you know, when you're building it out. So hard. Right, anything else that people need to know? is there anything, uh, like based on the type of business, I guess that's based on your local, um, you know, whoever you're, what city you're in or County, they're going to decide based on usage of your facility, like how many restrooms you need and all of those things. Right. So you can come up with a great plan and then you go into city and they're like, Oh no, no, no. If you're classified as blank and it's their discretion to classify you as whatever they want, they may require you to put in an extra restroom or, you know, those type of things. Right. Yeah. Tons.
1: So much that goes into it you know we have our ideal layout you know we have our ideal plan that we've already got waiting for anybody that signs on but ideal doesn't always mean that's what's going to happen right so we've we usually end up going through 3 to 10 even iterations of one layout just to make sure that we can get it to code and
0: get everything up and and running as we want it to right well, and the thing I like about this too, the thing I want people to hear that are existing gym owners, like our, our existing sort of following the folks that we've been, you know, in front of for all these years in the business is there's a lot of time involved in this as well, right? I mean, can you imagine handling all these things on your own? So the thing that I was most um, excited about when we pivoted to franchising was to be able to provide someone with all these resources. So I'm like, the only thing you need to do is meet with the builders like once a week, make sure everything's on track. They're gonna report in. We're gonna help you with that and make yep. sure that they're also on track and everything's getting done. All I want you to do is focus on getting out and growing your business. Like that's the most important thing, right? Is that you get out and you do a great pre-sale and you open, you know, if you open with a hundred members and it's a stronger one model and the max membership's one thirty. Imagine being full in two months after you open, right? How cool would that be for eternal investment? Right. That's where I would like to see your energy, right? I don't want you shimmying up on the roof, checking your own (laughs) HVAC. I mean, not like I could could look at it anyway, like that looks old, but (laughs) we talked about this in one of our who, not how podcasts, like franchising is a massive who, right? Because all that stuff's done. Otherwise there's actual work to be done. Even if you don't do it, you have to go find all your own who's, right? But it just needs to be done, right? Yeah. So where you put it is important. And then if you can stay within 70 bucks a foot, right, then everything's negotiable. So either your landlord's going to give you help or they're not, If they're not, you can then negotiate some free rent and then make sure that you've got your architecture and you're pulling your permits and everything is done, you know, dotting your I's and crossing your T's to get ready to open. And during this time, I'm telling you, you want to do a hardcore presale. We could probably do a whole nother um, podcast on just, oh, just a pre sale, right? And how important that, that is. But anyway, I hope that helps you guys. Jared, great having you on. I'm sure we'll have you back. you on oh, a thanks million for having times me. in the future for God knows what again, a million and one things, right? Well,
1: we're always learning. We're
0: always growing. <laughs> That's how it goes. <laughs> That's right. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you later. Thanks. Peace. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, check us out at alloyfranchise.com for more information on the alloy systems. Also leave us a five-star review so we can spread the good word and help more people.